0: Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word, so grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. I want to ask you, do you have... Um, times in your life that maybe you can look back on and you can say, Wow, that moment that was a very real encounter with god like there there 's no, no other explanation besides the fact wow that was that was an encounter with God in that moment right anybody anybody there um, i 've got a few in, in my life that I definitely look back on. Uh, one that really stands out to me was the moment. Uh, when I really felt the Lord lead me that I was supposed to be in full-time ministry, that this is your, this is my plan for your life. This is where you're supposed to go. A um, lot of, uh, yeah, just junk in my life leading up into that moment, getting to the point of like, God, what do you want? And him saying, this is what I want. And I said, okay. And then just peace after that of God, the way that God worked it out and the way that he's you know, not that everything's been completely easy, because obviously not. Um, but, yeah, just that, that clarity moment for me is, is a major one. Um, and so I asked for you, do you have those, maybe those moments in your life that you can look back on and you can say, you know, like definitely an interaction with God happened at this moment. And looking at, looking at you, some of you are like, absolutely. Others of you are like, I don't know about this. I can see on your face. You're like, I'm trying to think about this. And others of you are probably thinking, well, Wayne, you're a pastor. Don't you have those moments like every day? Aren't you like, like you're paid to interact with God every day. Like that's your job. And yes, yes, but this is different. Uh, I'm talking about these. Uh, yes, we walk in the spirit. We have interaction with the spirit. Um, but I'm talking about these moments where God just really invades our life and just kind of shakes things up for us. And that's what we see uh, with Jacob uh, today. Um, Jacob up until this point, what, what have we seen him doing? We've seen Jacob working under Jacob's power to get what Jacob wants, right? Pretty much a summary of his life up until this point. Uh, He conned his brother out of the birthright, which was the double portion of the inheritance uh, for a bowl of soup, right? Um, And then he tricked his dad into giving him his blessing instead of the older brother. Um, And now he finds himself basically on the run, Uh, mom found out that brother wants to kill him. So she's like, Hey, you got to get out of here. Dad says, Hey, go marry uh, your cousins. Uh, so take off and go do that. Um, and then we, we catch him in this story today where it seems like it, it seems like Jacob's just traveling on his own, that he's all alone. He's done all of this conniving to try to better his life. And now he finds himself on the road to a place he's never been before to meet people. He doesn't know. And leaving everything he knows behind him. And he's out on this journey seemingly by himself. Now, it would make sense that a prosperous man like Isaac, if he was sending his son on a trip like this, would, would send stuff with him or, you know, or some servants along with him to help or something like that. That could have happened. The scripture doesn't say it didn't happen. But the picture that we do get from scripture is this, this image of Jacob very much alone. Uh, And in in this place, kind of in a a rock bottom kind of situation, you would think that that would have to be kind of a a very disheartening moment in your life um, is where this story happens. I'm in chapter 28 of Genesis, starting in verse 10. And Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Now, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, Jacob's names like tied in with different things. If anybody's looking to open a pillow company and you want to go with, uh, with Jacob's pillow company, uh, you don't have to have a very good pillow that you're selling to hold up to the name, right? Like just sell a bag of rocks and you're good. Um, So taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Wow. What a vision. This kind of vision of like, The the curtain kind of pulled back and being able to see into the spiritual realm of what's happening. And there's this ladder and the angels are going back and forth between the earth and God. It's like they're going going to God saying, hey, God, what do we do? And he tells them they go back down and it's just process that's going on uh, constantly. And this is what Jacob gets this vision of. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said... I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And if you and your offspring shall shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And so God comes in and meets Jacob in this moment. This moment of he's traveling by himself, he's sleeping on a rock, like, you know, life is not seeming to be the best situation in this moment. And yet God meets him right there and gives him a picture of, hey, here's what I'm doing in the earth. See all my angels? They're at work. They're doing my will. They're coming back and forth to me. They're bringing me glory. They're bringing me praise. But also they're going down into the earth and doing, doing what I want. They're, they're working my will as I want it throughout the earth. And oh, by the way, Jacob, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring blessing into your life. See, up until this point, everything we've seen with Jacob has been Jacob conniving to get what Jacob wants, right? But in this moment, God shows up, and what did Jacob do to get to this moment? What did Jacob do to earn this thing, to get this blessing? He fell asleep, right? Like Jacob did nothing. Jacob did not earn this in any way. It's God showing up, God showing up in Jacob's life and saying, I choose you and I'm going to bless you. All the promises I made to your granddad, I'm applying those to you. All the promises I've made to your dad, I'm applying those to you. This is all going to happen through you and to you and for you and in you. All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And you look at that and you say, wow, what, what an incredible blessing. But it's not because of what Jacob has done, but it's because of who God is. And I think we can take that and we can apply that to our lives too. If we think, which is, this is the natural human inclination, okay? So if I say this, and you're like, well, I kind of think that. Well, I'm just saying you're normal, Okay. Um, but we think, Hey, if I'm good enough, if I do the right things, if I check off the right boxes, then I'm going to please God and then God will bless me. Right? Like that's, that's kind of our natural way we're wired. And if we look at basically every world religion, that's what it says. It says, Hey, you do this, then you get this. Um, whether they believe in one God or many gods or, or no gods, this is what the, basically every religion boils down to. Even your atheist, atheists still have a moral code. Um, what do they base that moral code on? They base it on what kind of society they want to live in. What does that mean? What do they want back out of society? That's what they want to put into society, right? So that's even in the atheist mindset, it's like, hey, I do good, I act well, I do what I want in this way, and then I get this back in return, right? But with God, it doesn't work that way. And in biblical Christianity, it doesn't work that way we easily turn it into that. We easily turn the things that God has said into his, in his word into that. It's very easy to do. And it's kind of our natural fallback. So if you think I'm judging you right now, I'm judging myself because I fall into this myself, okay? Um, but with God, what we see is he shows up in Jacob's life and Jacob's done nothing to earn it. And he says, I bless you. I'm giving this blessing to you in an incredible way. And by the way, through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. What's that talking about? That's talking about his descendant who's to come, Jesus Christ. And the fact that Jesus is going to come, Jesus is going to die on a cross. He's going to pay the price for sin. He's going to rise from the dead. And through that, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Meaning you and I have hope to be forgiven by God, to be made right with God not because we've earned it, not because we can do enough to please God, but because Jesus has done it for us. Before we were even born, God says, I knew you. As you're being knit together in your mother's womb, I knew you. When Jesus died on the cross, he knew us. He knew all of the junk that we were going to bring into the equation, right? Like we want to set up this math equation. This is greater than this, therefore I get this, right? But in reality, the equation is sin equals death. Sin equals punishment. What are we good at? Sin. What do we deserve? Death. Punishment by God. But the good news is Jesus came, he did not sin, he did not equal death, yet he took the death for us so that what we could get, what he deserved, which is life, which is a free gift, which is grace. We do not earn it. We do not achieve it. And we even once we have it, we can't do anything to keep it because it's something that he gives to us. It's something that he does. We cannot earn God's blessing. It's something that he gives freely. All right? And you're like, well, so what does that mean? I just do nothing? (laughs) No, it means, we'll get to that in a minute, what our response is to his free gift. But it means this. If you're trying to earn favor with God, if you're trying to work hard enough to please him, it's not going to work. That's not the way that God works. But once you do experience his tremendous blessing in your life, then you understand everything else in light of that. It changes everything. It changes your life. It changes your priorities. It changes what you want to do with your life. How you want to spend your time, how you want to spend your money, who you want to hang out with, all these things, it changes everything everything when you come to know Jesus because you've come to know the power of his salvation, the power of his forgiveness, the power of his blessing. And Jacob here in this story, like scripture, scripture talks about us as we are dead in our sin and in our trespasses. We're dead. How dead are we? Like, are you kind of partly dead? Are you like merely a flesh wound dead. All right. Like what, 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 what kind of dead? No, I think, I think it means we're all the way dead. And when you're all the way dead in your sin and trespasses, then your only hope is for somebody else to come in and breathe life, come in and bring resurrection, come in and bring resuscitation to you. And that's what Jesus does. It's his power, it's his free gift, it's his grace, it's his mercy, it's what he does in us. And if you're here today, and when I was talking about God, you know, having those God moments where you're like, yeah, I know that God was invading my life in that moment. I know that was a very real interaction with him. And you're like, I don't know if I've had that. I want to encourage you, you can have that today. Simply cry out to him and say, yes, I believe. I am dead in my sin and my trespasses. I am dead and I need your grace. I need this free gift that he's talking about. And I want to tell you, even if that's the desire of your heart, that means he's already working in you to pull you in that way. But answer that call and, and call out to him and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Because if you're trying to earn God's favor or his blessing, it's not going to work. But we can freely receive it because he gives it freely. That's part of of the hard part of all of this, is our pride says, well, it's what I'm going to do, right? But in reality, it's just humbling ourselves to say, yes, I receive what you have done. And that's what Jacob gets here. Jacob was asleep, he's laying on a rock. And God gives him this vision. And gives him this dream and says, here is what I'm going to do. It's not about what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Let's go back and look at, at read what God says one more time. And I want you to pay attention to every time that God says, I, as we read through this. Okay. So back in verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. The God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and the east and the north and the south. And in you all the offspring, and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You see, we operate in conditional clauses. God operates in absolutes. We operate in, if I do this, God, will you give me this? Right? Let's just be honest. Like if, 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 if I handle this, if I take care of this for you, God, then, you know, what do I get out of it? Right? Right? Whereas God operates in, I'm going to do this. And here's how I'm going to do it. And so it's, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. It's not based on Jacob. It's based on God. And our salvation, our forgiveness, our standing before God is based on him as well, on his promises. And that's the only place we can find our hope is in the fact that he's good at keeping his word. And so while we deal in conditional clauses, God deals in absolutes. Well, the story goes on, verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. You ever had that moment? God was in this place. Now, yeah, we get all theological and they're like, Well, Wayne, technically, God's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. When you have that moment, where God intervenes, where God comes into your life, you're like, God is here. This is an amazing moment. This is an amazing place. This stands out in my memory. This is going to be a landmark for my life. I'm going to remember this forever. And so Jacob gives us a good example here of what we should do when we've experienced the blessing of God. Anybody experience the blessing of God in your life? Anybody? Yeah. So what should we do? First thing he does, he acknowledges that God is doing it. Acknowledge when God blesses you. You know, I'll be honest. Sometimes when you've walked with God for a while, you kind of can just get used to his blessing. And you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, that happened. You know? Like, if I'm just being honest, like... Oh, yeah, God did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that, you know, that, oh. No, when you say, God is here. God has done mighty things. He's done great things for us. Let us acknowledge him. Let us give him all the glory, all the praise, all the honor that he is due. And Jacob's saying, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. He's like, I've had a very real encounter with a very real God right here in this place. It goes on in verse 18. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, which means the house of God. But the name of the city was Luz of the first. And so Jacob takes it, takes this stone he'd been sleeping on, and he makes a monument out of it. And he sets up this monument to be able to always, if whenever he comes back here, because God said, I'm bringing you back here, right? That was part of God's promise. Um, he said, when I come back here, I want to know this was the spot. This was the spot where I had this very real encounter with God. So he sets up this monument, he, he pours oil over it, he consecrates it, he says, this is God's spot. And I want everybody to know that this is where I had this encounter with God my kids, my grandkids that he's just promised to me that he said it's going to happen, I'm going to tell them, hey, this spot is an amazing spot where God did something awesome in my life. And he sets up this monument there so that future generations would also know of God's promise. So that future generations, like, I don't know, um, Moses is writing this down, uh, would know, hey, this is what happened there. There is a stone set up. There's a rock set up there that marks the spot where God interceded and worked with Jacob. And I want to encourage us that when we have a very real encounter with God in our life, when we know him through the power of Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection, that's something that we need to pass on to future generations as well. And so... Yeah. Set up a stone if that helps. Tell them about it. Teach them about it. Show them the truth as well. Um, We have several things coming up in church life here that are great opportunities for us to pass on to future generations what God has done. One, we, we already mentioned, uh, Bruce went through a lot of these in announcements, but I want you to know that announcements aren't just to let you know what's going on, but to let you know what God is doing, right? And how you can get involved. So if you think like, oh, announcements is just like a break from worship, no, like that's actually part of our worship too, as a church of like, here's how God's working. Here's what we're doing. Okay. So just clear that up. But anyway, a little soapbox. Um, yeah. So, uh... But yeah, we've got coming up our kids' camp. Kids' camp is a time where we as a church say, hey, for this week, we are pouring in to the next generation to let people, let kids know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're going to do it in a way that's as fun as possible for them, where they just have a blast, but they get to hear the gospel, right? Right? And so we open this up to anybody in our community that wants to come. Um, I'll tell you, as a parent, uh, now with Brittany and I both working, I've been looking at all of the options in town uh, as far as like where we can send our kids while mom and dad are working during the summer. And I want to tell you, they are all very, very, very expensive. And we do ours as cheap as possible. Um, And so it's a blessing to our community in that way as well. Uh, We're able to do that because we do it by volunteering, by our our people in our church saying, hey, yeah, I'll come do this for a week. It's a great way that we can bless our community. Um, It's a great way that we can point people to Jesus. So I want to encourage you that, yes, as as he was saying, we we need volunteers for that. Uh, So talk to Courtney, talk to Taylor, talk to me, let somebody know, hey, I'm willing to help, and uh, we, we can get you signed up, okay? But also, who is there in your life that maybe needs to come? Who are, is there a family down the street that maybe you're like, hey, I know that family needs to go. Um, if money's an issue, talk to us, right? Like it's not about the money. We, we want kids to hear the gospel. And so as a church, whatever we can do for that to happen is what we want to do. So that's one, one way coming up that we're saying, hey, here's a way that we want to set up a marker for the future generations of what God has done. Another one, Lyndon has a whole uh, barrage of youth activities that he's planning for this, this summer. Uh, they're kicking it off with a youth camp out, but then they're just going to have uh, some fun times with uh, like bowling, laser tag, board games. I think they're invading my house at some point. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so just some fun activities lined up that says, hey, teens, come hang out together. Come have fun together. And by the way, we're going to tell you about Jesus are you there? And so, so maybe you you're like, man, yeah, I, I want to lean into that. I want to help with that. Uh, Lyndon, I'm not the best at like being the monument, the one up there talking, like saying like, Hey, here, here's all that. But you know what? I could probably bring the oil. Here's what I mean by that. I, I, Lyndon, yeah, you need somebody to, to drive kids from point A to point B, get them there safely and get them back. I could probably help you with that. You know, you need cookies, you know, like I can bring you cookies uh, for the kids um, to help make it a fun time for them. I don't know. Talk to Lyndon. If, if that's where your heart goes, it's like, yeah, I can be a part of this in some way, some way, maybe just in the background of helping out. Talk to Lyndon about how you can do that. Be a part of setting up that monument for teenagers of saying like, this is what God has done. Let's go on. with how Jacob responds. So, so far, Jacob's acknowledged. He set up a stone as an acknowledgement for others to see, for the future, for a a reminder um, that's there to stand. Um, But then he goes into this. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way. So where does the first conditional clause come in? With Jacob. God, absolutes. Man, we got all these conditional clauses. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. And so this gets to what John was talking about a little bit before um, his offering prayer today. But yeah, Jacob comes to it and he's like, God, if you're, if you're really going to do all this, if, if, if you're really good for your word, then here, here's the deal. I'm, I'll serve you only. That's a, that's a good start. All right. I'll serve you only. And also, if you're gonna bless me with all this stuff, then then yeah, I'll I'll give 10% of it back to you. Like, sure, that's I mean, right now I've got a rock I'm sleeping on, so anything from this point's a a win, right? So, you know, he's even he's like, if you put clothes on my back, like that would be nice. Like I don't I don't know how that's gonna work out at this point in my life. So so yeah, whatever you bless me with, God. I'll give 10% of it back to you for sure. And so the correct response to God's blessing is to give back to him. When we have experienced the fact that, that we are dead in our sin and trespasses and he has made us alive... We have new life in him. We have hope for eternity. We have all of these blessings um, in this life and the next. It's not just about them, but it's about now too. The way that he blesses us, the way he takes care of us. I consider myself a very blessed man in the way that God has has given and blessed me. And the only response that's really acceptable is like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to give back. Of course I'm going to give back. If, If you just... You just sit there and you just take, 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 take all the time. You know what? That's not going to really hurt God at all because he's kind of made it all. I mean, when you think about it, like everything there is, he made just by speaking. So if you think that by holding back, you're like somehow robbing him or something like that, like, I don't really think he needs it. So why does he tell us to do it? Why, why do we do it? Because it's really what's best for us. It helps us. Because one of the number one things that always will want to take the place of God in our life is our stuff, is our money, is greed. There are these things, right? So how do we break free from that? Give it away. And not only that, in the New Testament, it talks about God loves a cheerful giver. So give cheerfully. Give with joy. Yeah, it might be that, that you give, and, and as John was saying, like, God's blessing you back and increasing you tenfold or whatever. But I'll just be honest, there are seasons where, where you give and you're like, I don't know how this is all going to add up. But I know this is a priority. I know this is a commitment. This is something that I've said, yes, I'm going to give to. Yes, I'm going to give to the Lord. And I'm going to give to the Lord first. And so I encourage you, whether that's 10% for you or whatever that is, whatever that number is, I encourage you to find what it is that you can give faithfully and that you can give with joy. And do that. And then trust God with it. And maybe that, that's a little bit more than what you're used to. Maybe you're like, you know what, I need to step that up. Or maybe you have been under the, the assumption of what I hit on in the first part of this sermon of if I give X amount, then I'm going to get, and that's how you've been operating. And I want to encourage you, if you're doing that and you're doing that begrudgingly and with a, just a dark heart, Stop. Like, wait, did the pastor just tell us to stop giving money to the church? If you think you're earning favor with God and that's going to make you right with him, stop. Because I would rather you have the hope and the joy and the peace that comes from him than for you to give money to this church or to any other ministry. What I do want is for you to have that hope, that joy, that peace And then out of the overflow of your heart with joy and love, be able to give and bless others. Whether that's this church, whether that's some other ministry, whether it's our missions work around the world, whatever that is, I want you to be able to, out of the overflow of your heart, of what God has done for you, be able to give joyously. And so I know that might be a little different, might be a little challenging. I know when I say things like this, the leaders in our church that Try to balance the books and watch over the numbers are always like, oh wait, why are you doing this? But this is what we want. We want you to have the right relationship with God. We want you to be growing in that. And we, yes, we 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 think it's a, we all do it. We absolutely think it's best to give. But I don't want you to give out of like a monkey on your back, right? Or checking off a box to try to please God. I want you to give out a joy and love for him for what he's done for you. So it's the motive. It's the heart behind it of what really matters. And so it is the correct response to God that when he has blessed as he has in so many of our lives, we are a blessed people, even just the time and place that we get to live is the blessing of God. Our, our response should be to give, to give to further His kingdom, to further His message, to to take that good news to the ends of the earth. And so, I would just want to challenge you with that today. Do with it what you will. Um. Yeah. Let's pray, dearly Father. We do thank you for all of your blessings. God, you have blessed us so much, individually and as a church. And God, I, d- I don't want to take that for granted, but I want to give you credit. I want to give you glory. I want to give you all the honor that you are due because you are the one who does it. And so, Lord, I, I praise you in that. And equally, I, I pray that, and I just thank you that we're given the opportunity To joyfully give back to you, joyfully give to your work, to your kingdom, to what you're doing in the world. I I joyfully thank you for the honor and the privilege of getting to be a part of that, for you working through us. What an honor. And so, God, as you have blessed us, I pray that we will be a blessing to others, that we might point them to the truth, that we might point them to the gospel that we might point them to the good news of Jesus. And I pray all these things in his holy name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day.